history starts now on the Two Minutes for Roughing podcast. Welcome to Two Minutes for Roughing, Episode 5, featuring Maryville Saints D1 Head Coach and Director of Hockey Operations, John Hogan. I'm your host, Andrew Marsh. Let's say hello to the boys. With me is Tom Hartbeck and Chuck Kraus. If you want to follow them on Twitter, Tom is at thartbeck underscore MSHN, and Chuck is Kraus underscore MSHN, and I am Amarsh underscore MSHN. Everybody? Happy New Year. Happy New Happy Year. New Year. How yes. was everybody's New Year? It was good. You know, Uneventful, I mean, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, if you're drinking and stuff, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think a lot of people are probably uh, you know, recovering. It's day three, so but hey, we got hockey coming up. We do. Less than seven days. That's that's what's up. Yeah. If you're still trying to recover from your New Year's, you might need to, well. Yeah, really. It's probably not a hangover. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah, something's wrong. <laughs> so. But today is National Trivia Day, and we're right next to someone who is just always on these game shows, trivia shows, and that's Chuck. Uh, yes. Yeah. Chuck. <laughs> that's true. So, you know. Maybe uh, you'll have to participate in this one mm-hmm. coming up. We'll be taking bets here. And, and here, since we're at the top of the show, it's kind of different today. We're actually in the rink, and we've got uh, the Falcons practicing right now. But uh, it's kind of nice to actually get some hockey vibe going on this podcast rather than Zoom, right? Oh, I thought that was our D1 team out there. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. They're not bad, actually. They're pretty big. It must be the older kids. Yeah. It must be 14. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said at the beginning of the show, we have John Hogan, and at the or and towards the end of the show, we will get into the line change as our guy Will Starwalt sat down with D2 head coach Aaron Romerill. So look for that towards the end of the show. Well, boys, we finally have a schedule, and what do you know? Like Tom said earlier, it's game week. We'll get a little bit more into that in the doghouse, but just how excited are you guys for, for hockey finally starting up here for Maryville? I think it's going to be great because these kids can finally get a sense of normalcy. I mean, they've gone almost, I think actually more than a year now without a game, and it's really tough on, on an athlete that way because you can't get any rhythm kind of going. Normally, you're playing hockey in September or, or October, you're, you know, and it's just really tough on, on an athlete. So we'll, we'll have to see how, you know, the season plays out, and I still think we're in for a wild card in, in how the season ends up going. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's uh, especially us. We've been preparing a lot. You know, we've got a lot of stuff going on. So from our end, I know I'm real excited. Uh, I know from the past podcast, you know, the players we've talked to, they are just itching to go. So um, it's going to be great. Yeah. And I think for the players, you said a little bit of normalcy. And, you know, the schedule's going to be ramping up here as we go along. Usually these guys are used to just playing two games a weekend for the most part. <laughs> yeah. But now they're playing 
you know, playing on the weekend and they're mixing in, sprinkling in some games during the week. So you're probably going to get more of like a high school feel where you're just playing in these random certain times throughout the week. But I think for them, they've been so eager to get on the ice that they have no problem playing all these games in the upcoming months. Yeah, I mean, they're going to start, you know, 1230 on, on a Friday and they'll, I mean, they'll be done by dinner. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's got to be fun. So, I mean, you can load up early in the morning, eat a big breakfast, and then have a big dinner later. So, I mean, you're starting off, I think, pretty cush. Uh, but then, I mean, you're hitting seven or eight games in less than ten days. So, that's that's going to be tough, and one of them's away. So. Right. They won't be complaining, I'm sure. They're going to oh, love no. it. No, this back-to-back hockey, it's like, you know, it's like a, a, a good long tournament almost, you know. To be a t- tournament long season, I guess you can say. And, yeah, yeah, like the first part of it's round robin. And then you've got because you're playing basically playing all in your schedule except for Missouri State. And then when you get to the quote unquote conference tournament we're going to have this year, since it's kind of abbreviated, uh, it's what you have to play for. Because if you win that, you'll probably go into you know there's nothing for that. You have to win your conference in the regular season. You win that as well. That's something to play for too. Yeah. yeah. And not only do they have a large schedule coming up, I mean, we're just as busy as those guys are. Yeah, I mean, well, we've got... <laughs> we got multiple teams Yeah, to we got three here. teams yeah. to, to, to play with here. You know, I mean, we're doing 12.30 and then 7.30, if you look at the schedule, because mm-hmm. D2, D2 plays at 7.30 that day. I love it. It's going to yeah. be awesome. Yes, it is going to be awesome. Well, why don't we dive into this D1 team with the doghouse, and that's coming your way right now. This ain't your mama's podcast. This is the Two Minutes for Roughing podcast on the Maryville Hockey Podcast Network. All right, now it's time for the doghouse where we'll dive into this D1 hockey team as they begin to get ready for this upcoming year starting this week the dogs have had a full week of practice which is the first time since last year and you know first time for line rushes first time for really any chemistry for these players should be interesting these first couple of games trying to get their feet wet yeah i mean especially when they're going up against mckendry you know a 21 season last year uh honestly that game can you guys picture that game being pretty no, no, I don't. I don't either. Because I'll bet you're going to have a ton of penalties both ways, and then, I mean, I think it's just going to be who's ever the heavier team is going to have a real big upper hand in that game. Yeah, I mean, the return players for both sides aren't going to forget last season. Yeah, especially for Maryville. I mean, they they've got something to prove now. So it's like you said, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be a fun game. You know, it'll be heavy. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think it's going to be fun for us calling the game just because, one, we're finally getting back into the booth, and I know these guys are eager to get out there and play. But uh, there's a lot of storylines to this game, like Chuck was mentioning, and it should be uh, should be a fun one for sure. And it's not like, you know, this is the only game they're playing this year against one another. Like Tom said earlier, these guys are going to be playing each other a lot this year, and it should make up or it should make some – great storylines and uh, for some great games. I'm, I'm really excited to uh, to see it. Yeah, I mean, they, they're taking on McKendry, let's see, one, two, three, you know, three times at least. And then they've got Lindenwood as well. I mean, it's going to be tough. They're, they have It's a tough schedule. But again, it all boils down to what the teams are able to do 
right now in the offseason. Mm-hmm. It's what they're able to do as the season goes along because who knows? You could get in three weeks, Waldorf or you know McKendry, since they're in Illinois, they could have a, a wrench thrown in their season. Who knows? Tom, you mentioned games are starting this Friday, 12 o'clock puck drop. The Division One schedule was released on Saturday, and, and like you said, the, the puck drop, first game, McKendry should be a good one like you just mentioned. Uh, and then Sunday and Monday, at home versus Lindenwood, and then next Wednesday on enemy ice again against McKendry. What are we thinking about these first four games? Two uh, rivalries to get the season started. Yeah, that the game that really intrigues me is the away McKendry game because game one, it, it's a toss-up. Who knows? Then you've got Lindenwood back, you know, back, back to back, and it's a 3:15 and then a 1:30. So that's a pretty decent layoff because most of the time when these guys play back to back, you're playing like, you know, six or seven o'clock. And then you play at one o'clock the yeah. next day, right. so they've got a little extra time. And the Lind- who knows how Lindenwood's going to be, but that away McKendry game will be very interesting because they'll be fresh from you know, heck, less than seven days. You know, so it's going to be very, very. That game's going to probably be the hardest game up to that point, and maybe throughout the year because of how close the schedule is. Because then they go back home on the 15th and 16th and got Midland. You know, so you're still going, I mean, really tough in the first part of your schedule. You don't really even get a break. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking 8th, 10th, 11th, 13th, 15th, 16th, 22nd, 23rd. I mean, the longest break I see is January, it might be January 30th to February 5th where you're on your road trip with Mo State, and uh, then you come home to play Waldorf. Yeah, and that but, comes on a four-game, a four game, you know, away, away little... And it's a big travel. You yeah. have Liberty, and then you have Mo State. That's going to be tough. That's a really tough road trip. That I mean, is. Liberty's number one in the country, and, you know, consistently top five. And then you got Mo State, who's competitive. <laughs> You've got a, maybe a little break in Waldorf. Who knows how they've been. Then you have... Lindenwood and McKendry again for four games. <laughs> I, I mean, if I'm going to say strength of schedule, this is this is grueling. If this was NCAA, I think if we were a selection committee, we're saying, oh yeah, put them up in the top four. Right. You know. Yeah. So, I think what's good about this team is though is that you know there's depth and and that you're going to need depth this year, especially you know cross. Cross your fingers, knock on wood. Hopefully there's no injuries this year or hell. I'm not even going to say it. We're all thinking what I'm about to say. I'm not even going to say it. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, no. But at the same time, I think this team has the right people that if someone were to go down, you can just insert another guy into the lineup and you're going to keep rolling. You're going to keep that train on. You're going to keep the train moving. Yeah, Marshy, I couldn't agree more. Uh, we got a lot of good players. Like you said, one guy goes down, another guy just, you know, takes his spot. And uh, another point I'd really like to bring up, um, even though we're not getting in the practices that um, we've wanted or needed, with the schedule the way it is, they're going to they're gonna fit right in. You know, they're going to get their practices. They're going to get their playing in. Um, 
right away with with this grueling schedule. I mean, they're playing two, one, you know, they're playing back to back. So the guys are really going to get used to one another, and uh, I think they're going to fit right in and make it a real interesting season for us. Yeah, the first part of January to me is, you know, it's not preseason, but that's going to get you in step pretty quickly. And I wouldn't doubt if a lot of teams. Uh, have you know second half booms right where the, your first half is you know win loss win couple wins here and there if you can really string together a couple here in the early going who knows you might have a big season on your hands absolutely and I don't want to spoil anything about the interview but coach Hogan mentioned when I talked with them that you know they're relying on speed whether that's with this team whether that's getting going right off the bat and he said that all players are going to you know, get their opportunity to play often and then we'll ease on into the season. So we're going to see all of these guys getting their shot to, to make a mark on this team. And I'm pretty excited to see what everyone can do. And guys are going to want to do that. The guys are going to want to show what they got and show how they can play. And on top of it all, they're just excited to play hockey again. So yeah. you're going to come out flying. And uh, the chemistry, I think, is going to be huge. It's going to it's going to um, come together real quickly. They seem to they seem to be a, a team built on speed, but they've got a couple of six three, six two guys, and not a whole lot that are you know real under 200 pounds it's it's hovering around 180 200 so i mean they're they're heavy when they can be and it's going to be pretty interesting and when they go up against seasoned teams like mckendry and lindenwood i think that might be an x factor no i completely agree i think it's a mix of of all different sorts of things that could really make this team a very successful one by the end of the season like I said, I sat down with Coach Hogan earlier this week, and we will bring you that interview next, right after this. Keep listening to the Two Minutes for Roughing podcast on the Maryville Hockey Podcast Network. All right, we welcome in head coach for the Maryville Saints D1 men's hockey team and director of hockey operations, John Hogan. John, how are you doing? We're doing wonderful. Do we call you Marshy? What, what do we call you? We can. You can call me that. Okay, Marshy it is. All right. I'll just call you Coach. How's that sound? That, 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 that sounds okay. All right, perfect. Uh, first and foremost, happy holidays. I, I, I'm not sure if there's ever such a thing as a break, but was it nice having some time, you know, with the holidays, maybe recharging the batteries for what will be this long stretch of games, or did you even get the opportunity to do such a thing? Uh, I tried. I told my family <laughs> the the week of Christmas, I said, I'm not going to open up my laptop, uh, you know, Monday through Saturday. I'm not going to do anything because we have to, you know, we're going to, like you said, we have to recharge the batteries. And I mm -hmm. think I didn't open up my laptop, maybe Christmas day, uh, all the other days I was still working and getting ready for everyone. So, uh, you try, but everything's changing every day and you want to be prepared as you can for the guys that are coming back. And, you know, they're, we're back and going right now. So, um, the last thing I want is not to be prepared. So that's, uh, I'd rather work a little too much and a little too hard than, than the alternative. Right. Well, exactly. Especially with, this COVID season, uh, you know, it's been weird. And, you know, like you said, you've been, you've been working this entire time. And a lot of people, when you think of, oh, you know, they're not playing for this first stretch of the semester, you know, maybe they're not doing the same things that, you know, they normally would. What were some of the things that you had to adjust to that were not a part of your typical 
hockey season? I'd say one of the bigger things is I try to connect as much as I can with, with our players and our student athletes. And it's, it's difficult when you can't do it face to face. That's kind of how I operate. I like to shake hands, give hugs, all those type of things. And um, you, you just couldn't do that. And when everyone came back in late August, early September, we were still trying to figure out what this is all going to uh, look like this semester and this year. And you couldn't really communicate all those things to, to a group of individuals that were looking for answers. And that was one of the more um, kind of frustrating things as a coach, but we didn't have the answers and we were, and um, the, this age group is much more resilient than we, uh, we give them credit for. And um, I was really, really proud of our guys and girls of how they handled themselves, how they handled the situation. And you just try to keep that light at the end of the tunnel um, in front of them and um, as light as possible and keep things positive. And I think we're able to do that, but it was, it was really challenging just not to be able to be in the same room with our, with, with, with the teams and to try to work through those things. And, you know, we, we, we certainly have a, probably a, a wider skill set now in terms of a coaching staff and being able to have different things to, to communicate with our, with our groups. But it was, it was really difficult, I would say, to just keep in touch um, as much as I would like with, with our students. Yeah, I will say, and, you know, I think this goes for, for anything. Um, you know, you, you mentioned that the coaching staff, uh, you know, me personally, I found out things that, that I could do during this whole quarantine era, if you call it, that I never really necessarily thought um, that I could do had I not had the opportunity to kind of sit down and reassess, you know, my skill set. And like you said, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys had to find different ways to to make this work. And you found out things about yourself that you maybe wouldn't have known had this not occurred. A hundred percent. I think one of the, I use a lot, the word a lot with just with myself, but also with the, with the teams is just perspective and having, having a good perspective and maybe trying to change a little bit of, of how we walk through life and how we go through life. And I think uh, personally, I think I, you know, I'm not someone that adapts all that well. And I think from a personal point, I think um, I kind of learned some things about myself and how to better manage some things. And I, and I hope that our, our players got to use the time as well to try to maybe look in the mirror a little bit and say, okay, how can I do things differently? How can I keep perspective? How can I um, hopefully when this is over, maybe not, take things for granted anymore so um and as a, as a college hockey coach you're always wanting to win hockey games but more importantly you're trying to just um you know educate and and help young men and women through through their journey and you know they 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 certainly helped me through mine as well you mentioned you know obviously these players are going through something completely different and and you as a coach also have to adapt to that one of the things that we have talked to the players about is the practices and how just completely different they've been. You haven't had your entire team out there for you know, the majority of this time to actually go over the things that you wanted to. Uh, how has that been in terms of just preparing for game-like situations when you can only have like five, six guys out at a time? Yeah, so I would say for most of – so for all of August, all of September, we were kind of on lockdown, mm -hmm. not being able to do anything, still trying to figure out how to 
um, manage the situation. And then I think sometime in late September, October, we got to practices of, of or groups of six. So there's only so much you can do, but our theory and what we we're trying to explain to the, our players was just, we have to be on the ice. We have to be around one another. Now, is it normal? Heck no. But um, again, try to keep perspective. Let's not take any um, day that you're on the ice for granted. So we did that for a couple weeks, but you know, there's only so much you can do. There's only so much attentiveness you can have when, when you're doing, um, there's only, you know, when you have groups of six. So we were able to get to groups of eight for a couple of weeks. And I think the last week before they left, we got to groups of about half. So let's just call that 13 or 14. So mm. you kind of built um, our way. And, and I, and I, and I, and I um, you know, progress is, is something that I think all of us have kind of, um, we just want progress forward. And I, and I think we were able to give that to our players. And I think that helps with the light at the end of the tunnel for, Hey, we progress forward this semester. Hopefully next semester is better. And hopefully we get to play next semester. And um, I, I think it was, a, it, it gave them some, um, some hope and, and I, and I, and that carried over and it's worked out and hopefully we play next week, but it, it was, it was different. Like there's there, I, I hope we don't ever have to do it again. Um, <laughs> it, it certainly wasn't fun. Um, or as much fun for me uh, as a coach and trying to prepare, you know, we'll, our first game is January 8th. And I think we'll have about a week and a half as a full team with everyone on the ice to prepare. And that's with seven or eight new players, um, you know, a lot of old faces. So it's, it's going to be unique. There's just no other way around it. And I, and I, and I hope everyone has a little patience. I hope everyone has, again, I'm going to say the words in perspective mm-hmm. as we try to work through this. Um, because if we get on the ice January 8th and, you know, it's, it's not going to be the cleanest game, it's, it's going to take a couple of weeks. And that's how we're looking at it from a coaching staff standpoint. It's, we're going to get back on the ice. We're going to have fun. We're going to enjoy being on the bench and playing a competitive game. And things aren't going to probably go our way as much as we'd like. The, the passes aren't going to be as crisp. Our systems aren't going to be – you know, uh, nailed down as much as we'd like, but you know what, we get to play hockey and I have confidence in our group that will, that will work through those things. Um, you know, hopefully quicker than, than slower, but we'll, we'll get to it where I have confidence in our group and we have a good, we have a really good core. We have uh, some new guys that are sprinkled in. We'll, we'll figure it out. And, um, that, that's what I'm most excited about just to see how it all kind of shakes out and, um, yeah, I'm just I'm just ready to get, ready to get going next week. You know, you you mentioned things going to be up in the air for maybe you know the first couple of games, especially with not being able to have those full practices for more than that time period that you said, you know, a week or two. What are your expectations? Maybe not so much on the stat sheet and the win column, the loss column, all that stuff. Put that aside. What is your expectations for your players um, and their their just work ethic and the way they go about things in general? Um, even if you know you guys you know don't get the the bounces or or if you guys you know blow out a team, like what are still your expectations for for your group? Well, it's um, kind of a couple things there. I think um, if you're a fan, if you're a parent, or if you're a player, you know the first five or six games, everyone's going to get in. Um, you know, we'll kind of juggle the lines and juggle some systems, but I think, um, as a coach, um, 
that's the least we can do with without playing for the last 10 months. Mm -hmm. um, the, these, these young men um, and then on my team have, have waited too long. And for us to kind of go throughout our business, like it's a normal year, a normal season is uh, in my opinion, not the right way to do things. A lot of these players have, have suffered a lot and have sacrificed a lot and, and I have confidence in all of them. So it doesn't matter where you fall in the depth chart. I, I want to get everyone in um, to give them a sense of nor normalcy um, and to just give them the, the opportunity to prove themselves to, to a coaching staff uh, that's still trying to kind of figure out where everyone's going to fall in. So, um, you know, from and kind of echoing that point, I, I don't there's there shouldn't really be any excuses because um, mm -hmm. all we're all in the same boat there. We're playing maybe one or two teams that got on the ice last semester for for some competition. But um, if you look at a lot of our opponents, you know, we're, we're all in the same boat. If it's Lindenwood McKendry, no one's played for for a couple of months. So we can't get out there and say, well, why are they getting all the bounces? And, you know, they, well, they got to play last semester. Those no excuses um, should be coming from, from our guys. And I don't and I don't think they will. I, I want our guys to get out there, have fun, um, enjoy being in a competitive environment. Um, you know, have that get that passion back through their through their blood, and um, that that's that's what I'm excited about. And um, like any year, we'll, we'll just can we'll, we'll we'll start from from our foundational pieces, and, and we'll just build and um, focus on layering on, layering on, layering on, and hopefully by March, you know, early April, we have a really good hockey team, and we're playing really well. You said no excuses. Um, I've heard so much about instilling a culture in this program. Uh, a lot of your players have mentioned it several times. Coming into your role now after being a former player at Arizona and, and being from the area as well, playing St. Louis hockey, does that just organically occur? Or have you been putting your stamp on things here and there that, that feeds into the culture that's being created? You know, Culture is a it's a forever adapting and evolving um, entity or life. You um, you can't just say you've built a culture and then just let it sit in the corner. It's it's forever. It's a personality, and you always have to mold it. And I think we've been really conscious of of that the the last three years. And for for me, it's if if it's a player, if it's a coach. Um, we're all, we're all going to be in this together. And, um, it's, it's, it's been difficult at times and it's been challenging, but, um, it, it's all about trying to find the right people and, um, and understand having them understand what you're trying to build. And that's, that's what I've tried to communicate with our guys. If it's recruiting, if it's in a locker room, wh whatever it might be, um, it's just having everyone on the same page and, and the culture that I've tried to um, have people buy into is just um, kind of that family atmosphere of, of stamping themselves in a program that's, that's brand new and, and having their fingerprints all over it and, and having that family atmosphere um, in the locker room on the ice. Because I think um, it's one thing to, you know, be a drill sergeant and um, everyone get in line. I, I think, uh, I think you're, your responsibilities and, and your, your, your connections and, and everything in the locker room, I think it's just so much stronger when, when you, when you love the person next to you and you want to do anything for them. And, th and that's what we've just tried to strive the last um, 
three years, but it's, it's forever changing and, and you, and you never want to look away as a coach or someone that's running an organization. Your, your culture is first and foremost, and, and every decision that you make, in my opinion, should be based off of said culture. You mentioned the recruiting aspect of things and instilling that culture. Uh, your recruiting class this year, a lot of guys in there um, coming from all different parts of, of North America, uh, really. Um, how important was it to, to expand for this program and, and reach out outwards beyond, you know, just say the St. Louis area? But now you're getting into not only United States, but, you know, you have guys in Canada now. Uh, how important was that? Yeah, I think from a, you know, hockey players, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from. If you, if you want to buy into the culture we were just talking about, um, you know, you come from the moon for all I care. Um, <laughs> and it just, and it just happened to be that um, we've had a lot of success in, in Canada and, and for the, the, the message that we're, we're selling, they're, they're wanting to buy. And um, I, I think, you know, if you look at, if you try to categorize all the different groups that we've, that we've gotten, you know, you have a pretty large Canadian group that they, they see a university that supports a program. They, they see a, hopefully a coaching staff that's um, invested in themselves on and off the ice and a, a program that's kind of ripe for, to tick in the right direction and, and something that they can be proud of after they've, they've been here for four or five years with a great education and, if it's the guys from St. Louis, it's a, it's a great starting program that they can say, you know, Hey, that program that, you know, that, that I went to the, you know, went to Maryville, like I started that and come to games, parents can come. So, you know, if you, if you look at kind of the groups that we've gotten from a recruiting standpoint, it's um, it, it's just trying to really find, find those niches and trying to get that, that message to be concise and that recruiting message um, to be the same for, for really anything. If it's, if you're from St. Louis, if you're from Sweden, if you're from, you know, Newfoundland, um, you know, 95% of the message is the same and it's, you know, come to St. Louis, get a great education, be a far, be a part of a family and be a part of building something special. Um, and there might be some bumps and bruises on the way. There might be some, some hurdles we have to jump over. Um, but it's going to be fun and you're going to learn a lot about yourselves and it should be the best four or five years of your life. Um, but Rome wasn't built in a day. We, we know that my players have heard me say that about a thousand times, but uh, at Maryville, we're going to, we're going to try to build Rome in, in two or three years. So that's uh, we're kind of on track to do that. And that's what I'm excited about. We've put a lot of hard work in the last two and a half years. And, and I think, we're, we're really set up to, to do some special things. And um, as, as one of my assistants, uh, Kevin Gregory says a lot, you know, ready to make some noise um, <laughs> through, throughout the ACHA and in uh, the MCH. I love to hear that. Um, you know, you, you talked about the recruiting class and, and you bring in these guys and, you know, usually when coaches talk, you know, you don't have to necessarily bring in the best guys from a skill set per se, but you want to bring in the right guys that are, like you said, going to build this culture and that are family oriented and that will buy into this process. When we look to the on ice product, what were some of the things that you look to improve on this year? And for the fans that are eager to, to get things started, what does this team look like in your eyes um, heading into this upcoming week in the first, first uh, stretch of games? 
Yeah, so I'll, that's, uh, it's interesting you bring that up. So I've been listening to, to all these podcasts at, at sometimes I feel like you guys know my team better than me um, <laughs> with, with all your analysis. But I, I, the, the emphasis that we had in recruiting, and I know some guys have already mentioned it, was to, to really try to build the back end out. Not, not because we didn't think we were strong back there. We just lost players back there for, for different reasons. So that was where the hole was just from a, you know, quantity standpoint. So mm -hmm. that was the emphasis and it will continue to be an emphasis in our program, uh, the next couple of recruiting, um, classes. But I think as a, as a fan, as a parent, when you're, when you're trying to, when you're watching Maryville hockey this, this season at the men's one level, I hope that it's, it's a, it's a gritty team that four checks hard, that plays with a tremendous amount of speed and pace and, um, you know, bears down in, in the D zone. That's, that's kind of the way this team has been built. And I, I think, I think our guys are, are understanding that. And, and it's nice to have 18, 19 guys that have listened to me for, or have attempted to listen to me the last couple of years and have, have heard these, um, same messages and I hope that the the new guys can can understand of okay um they they have had some success this formula works for this group how can I be um a, a small uh how can I be a piece in the puzzle to really try to um get us over the hump so that's fast speed um you know some coaches say speed kills and we're certainly not going to be the the largest team but I think we're going to be one of the faster teams and I and I hope we use that to our advantage and um, you know, and you know, I, I it, it's going to be really interesting. We're playing one, two, three, four, five, you know, six games in seven days to start the season. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to figure out what type of group we have really quick. And I hope, uh, I hope that group, uh, plays with a lot of speed because that's how, that's how we can be successful this season. As we get closer to the start of the year, um, I know these guys are eager to get on the ice. They're amped up. Um, probably got a lot of testosterone going on. Um, just get on the ice, you know, just, just to get on the ice against a different team, another sweater. Um, what has been the message to these guys the past couple of weeks leading up to this season opener? You know, so we so after Christmas, so what was that, the 25th, which was a Friday, we got back a couple days ago. So we were starting maybe the 30th of December, and we play on the 8th. Mm -hmm. So not a lot of time. Um, Damian Karinji is going to like this one. Not a lot of time to get our, our ducks in a row and dot our I's and cross our T's. <laughs> so in my opinion, you have two different ways you can go about it. You know, you can – tiptoe your way into things, you know, start in the shallow end and, and build up, or you can jump in the deep end, figure out how to swim and, um, you know, build some character in the process. And that's, that's kind of been my philosophy in this. I think it challenges the coaches, it challenges the players. Um, and, you know, you can come up with, like I said, tons of excuses, but they really don't, they really don't matter. Um, our team is built to play fast. So we're going to jump into the season fast and we're going to jump into practices fast and the practices are going to be fast and, um, you know, bounces, you know, pucks might be bouncing. People might be out of place for a little bit, 
but we're going to put this thing in overdrive. We're going to put this thing at a hundred miles per hour and people will get there. It might take a few players um, to catch up a little bit, but why, why kind of walk our way into it? Why progress when that isn't how our team is built? And, and I, I think um, because of the way our schedules, um, you know, worked out this season, I think that's, that's the way that we've picked to go as a coaching staff. And, and I think it will um, allow our team to really buy into the, the pace of play and the, the type of, you know, um, play we have to, to, to be to be successful this season. I mean, that's definitely one way that you kind of have to approach things is, you know, play fast, you know, get things going quickly because at the end of the day, this season isn't two semesters long. It's only one. And it's not even the full semester, you know, it's only a couple months. So, and Hey, who knows you get things done quickly and you set yourself up for, for the rest of the year. But before I let you go, you're not only the guy for this men's D one team, you know, you overlook the entire program. How important was it starting up this women's program and, and how, excited are you to see the D2 team and this women's program uh, compete this year? Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up because um, some people ask me too many questions about the D1 stuff, not you, Marshy, <laughs> but um, we're really proud of the whole program that, that we've built and it, and it takes a village. So, you know, getting Tommy Lang on board as our women's coach and having those St. Louis ties, you know, it's going to be really exciting to see women's hockey at, at Maryville and just to be part of that legacy of helping bring women's hockey to St. Louis. I can, that, that's something we're really proud of and having uh Romer, you know, run things at the D2 level. It's always nice to kind of recruit and um, elevate from within. And I think he's going to do a great job with that team. So it's, it, it's, it's funny that in, in three seasons uh, we've uh, added a, a team every year. So three seasons, three teams now. So, um, I don't know if we're going to add a fourth team next year. I think we, uh, we have plenty to handle right now, plenty of work to be done, but it's, um, it, it's exciting. It's, um, I, I have kind of a slogan. Um, you're either growing or you're dying. There's no really third direction. So um, I, I think that's the way we do things at Maryville, um, just from a university standpoint. And that's certainly how we, we operate in, uh, in the hockey program. Well, I know me and the rest of the, MSHN crew were excited to watch you guys play and, you know, be on the call and just be a part of this whole thing that you got going on. And I know as a St. Louis guy myself, it's awesome seeing the game grow, especially at the college level. And, you know, what, you do, what you're doing, what the rest of your staff is doing, it's, it's pretty awesome. Like you said, three teams and, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting year, but at the same time, it's going to be a great one. And uh, we're looking forward to all the success that comes to the Maryville program this year. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. And uh, it's going to be a second semester uh, spring sprint of a season. And there's always opportunity in everything in life. And we've tried to have the extra time to say, how can we grow and improve our program? And from a broadcasting standpoint and video analysis standpoint, um, that's certainly where you guys fall in and uh, connecting with those, those viewers, connecting with families that are in Canada, over in Sweden, um, just really trying to hone in on this whole 
holistic approach that we're trying to build as a program. So can't thank you guys enough for being a part of it. And um, I know that the podcast and the, the broadcast and social media, everything else that we're doing to try to connect to our, to, you know, that saints nation, it's, it's, uh, it's so important. So can't thank you guys enough. Well, once again, we thank you uh, for taking the time and, you know, I, myself, and like I said, the rest of the guys, we look forward to talking with you throughout the rest of the year Um, and good luck as we uh, begin the season here uh, in the next week. Yep. Thank you. Go saints. Once again, we want to thank coach Hogan for joining the show and we'll have him on throughout the rest of the year talking about this Maryville saints hockey team, as well as the rest of the program as he overlooks all three teams. But now it's time for a little trivia as we get into this segment. We got to bring on our guy, Eric. Oh, God. Eric, come on over. Eric, Eric. Come on down. It's time for your trivia segment. Look at you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, with with a little bit of stuff. So, Eric, you might have to speak up a little bit, but... Yeah, so what we got here is I got four questions for you guys. One of you is going to leave where we're recording from while I ask the questions. Then we'll bring it back. The other person will leave, and then we'll come back and... Yeah, I've only got four questions. So. All right, so we're doing we're we're doing this live. So if we hear a little chatter going on, all right, all right, I'll leave. All right, ch- I guess I'll go first. <laughs> oh Do man! I leave too? Yeah. All right, all right. Question number one: Since 2011, what American Idol runner-up has attempted to fill Freddie Mercury's shoes as the front man for Queen? Adam Lambert. If you were infected with a variola virus, what disease did you have? Variola virus? No idea. No idea. I, I could I couldn't even tell you on that. Alright, question number three. What sense would you not have if you were anosmic? Uh no, no, no yeah, smell. Yeah, no smell. And what is the only nation that borders both Uruguay and Venezuela? Bolivia? Uruguay. I said Bolivia. Nope. I'm Neither of us? Wow. Um, okay. All right. I'm going to go get a Chuck. All right, Chuck. Mr. Game Show over here. I don't know, I don't know how we did on that, Marsh. Uh, I know Adam Lambert. You got that one. Yeah, I know. I just yeah. didn't say it quick enough. Yeah, I know I Adam his Lambert. Last name. All right. So I guess I'll, 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 I'll take a dip. You're going to take a dip? Yep. All right. Cool. All right. All right, so Marsh is gone. So now it's just me and Chuck. Oh, All boy. Right. All right, since 2011, what American runner-up has attempted to fill Freddie Mercury's shoes as the front man for Queen? Um, American Idol dude. Um, oh, my gosh, I'm picturing him. Don't give him no hints. No, he's doing Jeopardy, right? <laughs> I'm going to... I can come back, right? It it might come back to me. We'll see. Okay. Number two, if you were infected with the variola virus, what disease did you have? If you were infected with the variola virus, what disease did you have? Mm -hmm. Variola? I don't know. I'm going to say the flu. I don't know. All right. Question (laughs) number three, what sense would you not have if you were a a nosemic? Smell. What is the only nation that borders both Uruguay and Venezuela? Uruguay and Venezuela? 
<laughs> Geography class, everybody. Goodness gracious. Well, my education was not from Maryville, folks, so don't. <laughs> they would have provided me with this. Venezuela, Venezuela and Uruguay. The only nation? The only nation that borders both of them. I'm still stuck on that Freddie Mercury question. Uh, I, don't, I have no idea. St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. <laughs> Do you know the Freddie Mercury question? He tr he's trying to be the front man for um, his name is uh, his name it's funny because I just watched a documentary on him too and I love Queen I'm going to have real fun editing this <laughs> I, I, I can't think of it alright all right, boys, since 2011, what American Idol runner-up has attempted to fill Freddie Mercury's shoes as the frontman and queen? That was Adam Lambert. I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Game Show over here. I know. If you were infected with the variola virus, what disease did you have? The smallpox. Oh, what? Uh, Small? Well, that's probably why, because none of us have ever had the variola virus. Well, it's knock on wood. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Every, yeah, everybody, everybody's inoculated for smallpox. What sense would you not have if you were an osmic? This is a That's, trick question. I know it was. A nosemic. You know, I heard a nosemic. This is a, yeah. it's like a trap question. I tried to a little bit. It's smell. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It's you got that right. You got that right. What is the only nation that borders both Uruguay and Venezuela? Is it Chile? It's got to be St. Louis. It's Brazil. What? Oh, I even thought of that. Oh. It's been so long. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Oh. oh, man. Adam Lambert. I knew that. <laughs> Yeah. It's a great documentary on Netflix, too. I just watched it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah. hey, guys, at least we're uh, getting, you know, it's almost time for hockey, and <laughs> uh, it's almost time for the line change here. It sure is. March. We got Will Starwald, our guy, with the D2 head coach, Aaron Romerill. So why don't we send it on over to them? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the line change. Once again, I have Aaron Romerill with me today. Happy New Year, Aaron. Hope your uh, Christmas and New Year's went well. Yeah, Happy New Year to you as well. And yeah, no, it, uh, it was a little more uh, of an intimate uh, type of holiday, which was uh, perfectly fine with us. So yeah, we're, uh, we're just ready to go for, for some hockey. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I, uh, my family was divorced and all that, but I have a lot of traveling I normally do on Christmas, but I only had like a little bit of traveling this year. So it was kind of nice, but now that I've been in the house so long, I'm ready to get out and I'm ready to start doing stuff and talking to people. Yeah, I 100% agree. It, uh, it was, it was kind of nice to, to, like I said, be a little bit more intimate, but uh, yeah, I'm ready to hit the ground and start getting out there. That being said, congratulations is in order for you and your team. You guys earned a 3.29 GPA. How does that feel as the coach being ahead of these guys, like being kind of the leader, I guess, and so to say, um, how does it feel knowing that you guys did a 3.29 GPA? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm super proud um, of, of our guys. Um, a lot of, you know, you see a lot of programs where, um, it's more of like, oh, we're athlete students. Um, you know, they, they put their sports kind of first and, and academic second. And for us, you know, we're, we're student athletes. And that's why, you know, uh, these guys chose to come to Maryville. It was to play hockey, but also to get a great education, one of the best educations and, you know, not just the state, but in, in the country. So, um, 
I'm very proud of them, especially with uh, the transition to a lot of online learning. That's, I know that, that was a big hurdle and hump for them, but uh, no, super proud. And uh, that's what we pride ourselves in is making sure these guys are getting a uh, fantastic education. And with, on top of that, have you done anything like as the team, do you guys have like, say a certain amount of time that you take each day that every player takes each day to like study? Or is it just kind of like, I'm trying to find the best way to word this. Cause like when I did college sports, it was okay. At this time we'll meet at this place for study hall, mm -hmm. no matter what else you have going on. Is that what you guys do? Or do you guys do something different? Well, uh, in a, in a typical year, yes, that's, that's how that would go. Um, you know, when you're on the road, you know, you have some study groups, uh, some study hours, uh, when guys were able to be on campus, they had the utilization of the library and stuff, but because, you know, we were trying to be cautious and safe and not wanting guys to hop to other players or classmates houses and anything like that. Um, we kind of left it up to them, but allowed them to use us as resources. Um, you know, so I know that I, you know, I had a couple guys were like, Hey, uh, I'm not really getting through to my professor. Is there something we can do? You know, and uh, I was a business major. So a lot of our guys are business majors. So um, we were able to kind of do that own tutoring, but uh, especially this semester moving forward with kind of more of uh, the university giving us some type of guideline. Uh, we will do uh, some study hours, some study groups uh, when we're on the road. Uh, and then obviously when we start to transition back into some type of on, on ground learning, uh, that'll make life a little bit easier for them. And that's great to hear that you're focusing on the student part first, more than the athlete part. And sometimes that gets switched around depending on where you're at. Yeah, no, it, uh, it, it definitely does. I, again, you know, there's, you know, we all, we all dream of playing high-level pro hockey and, um, you know, going to the NHL. I mean, I think that's, you know, that's a goal for everybody. But at the end of the day, um, it, it all ends at some point in time. And, you know, you have to have an education. And um, I'm extremely, again, extremely proud of these guys. Uh, they did a fantastic uh, job putting, uh, putting it together this semester. Well, that's good to hear. And going, talking about getting, you know, back on the ice, back on the road, your schedule just got released. Um, we had a couple of guys break down that for us um, on the line change, I believe. Mm -hmm. on the Two Minutes for Roughing podcast. Go check it out. It's on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Good plug. Yeah, good plug. Um, um, is, there any, is there any games that you, like, I guess, look forward to kind of like as a – just like as a big game? Like, we, if we don't win any games besides this one, this is the one we need to win. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, it might I be a couple of those, but yeah, well, I mean, I think, uh, I think the obvious answer is all of them. Oh uh, yeah. It's obviously important, but, um, you know, I think, I think on our schedule, we have Linden with six times. Um, they're always such a strong team, such a strong competitor, but, um, I'm excited to surprise them because, you know, I think a lot of times Lindenwood gets, you know, complacent with, you know, who they're playing because they know that they're such a dominant force. And um, with how how great our group is gelling together already, I mean, uh, those games I'm super excited for. Uh, I know that we're going to compete with them. Also, we have East Texas Baptist coming into town. That's a, that's a new one for the Maryville program. Uh, a buddy of mine plays there at East Texas, East Texas Baptist. So when he comes into town, that's kind of a – uh, own personal little uh, <laughs> game that uh, I want to win. But again, yeah, all of them. I mean, we have Arkansas, which is a former um, D1 and D3 ACHA school, and they combine just into D3. So 
they're a strong team. Uh, again, just across the just across the state line, we got McKendry. They're all going to be great. Uh, you know, we're super super excited to to get those going. But yeah, circle circular calendars for for Lindenwood, that's for sure. And talking about getting ready for these big games, and you said like the little personal rivalry. Is there anything like pregame that you do? I got to talk to some of the guys. They'll listen to music. They'll listen to. They'll just kind of do something that maybe not a lot of people expect. Um, like Deion Sanders would lay out his uniform. Nobody could walk over it. So mm-hmm. is there anything that you have that is like your little pregame? Well, uh, you know, obviously being my first year as a coach and, and not being able to uh, play any games last semester, it, you know, this is all new uh, territory for me. Uh, when I was a player, uh, I was a goalie. So uh, as much as I like to say that I was normal, I, I had my own superstitions and, uh, I always put my left side on before my right side. But, um, you know, the, the biggest thing for me this year and what I want to do pregame uh, for myself is, you know, getting there and being able to watch warm-ups uh, and kind of seeing, you know, I, I, I trust my team, so I don't need to watch them during warm-ups. But watch the other team and just kind of seeing, you know, um, you know, what lines they put together, you know, are their D moving their feet, and, and just kind of starting to learn the game from that aspect. Um, you know, we're going to focus on a lot of video. There'll be some short video before games, um, you know, of teams that we're about to play. But I'm just super excited to get it going. Uh, again, you know, my, my first year. So I haven't uh, picked up any type of routine as of yet. But uh, I have, you know, Kevin Gregory and, and John Hogan to learn from. So um, super excited to learn from them and, and take, take some knowledge. That always being said, you could always just put your clothes, like, right side on first <laughs> and then just put on the left side. It it translates just yep. you might look a little funny who knows yeah yeah they'll uh yeah be at home and my wife will be like what are you doing putting your left side on your right side and go hey that's just you know that's what i was you know i just up gotta do it i just gotta yeah. do it don't gotta do it. don't talk to me i just gotta do it yeah i always i always had to like double knot my cleats and like mm-hmm. tuck them into people be like why do you tuck your i don't know don't ask i just do it <laughs> yep I don't, yeah. I don't know i just do it there's, there's no, uh, there's no rhyme or reason. Uh, you know, for me, it was, you know, uh, if I did something one way, one game and it works, I never stopped doing it. You know, it was, uh, I, I think the weirdest thing in, in a lot of, uh, a lot of you listen probably won't know some of you will, but back when I was back home, Canada playing junior, uh, I always have a, you know, Tim Hortons double, double coffee before every game. And that's, that's something that we don't have down here, but up there that was, I never diverted from that. So, but uh, yeah, no, again, super, super excited to start picking up my own routines uh, as a coach. Going back to that double, double coffee. That's the biggest goalie thing I've ever heard <laughs> is you just drink a big double, double coffee before a game. Yep. No, it's uh, I, again, as, as I like to say that, Hey, like, you know, Fords and D they're the weird ones. I, we, we are our own breed. But, I, I played goalie just in a different sport. So yeah. I, 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 it's, it all translates. Yes, it does. Well, thank you for your time, Aaron. I'm going to let you go here. Everybody have a safe and happy holidays if you're still traveling and all that. Uh, thank you for joining us here on The Line Change. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. We want to thank Coach Aaron Romerill, the D2 head coach, for joining the show again. It looks like that'll be all for us today. 
So make sure you are watching out for episode one of Behind the Cage, which previews this week's matchup versus McKendry and Lindenwood. You can check that out on our YouTube channel at Maryville Hockey and the MSHN social media pages. Also, make sure you check out our broadcast Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on the Maryville Saints Hockey Network via YouTube at Maryville Hockey. Pre-game show will begin 25 minutes before puck drop. Make sure to tune in. Tom, what do you got for us? Yeah, if you're going to be in your car, you can tune in to 1280 AM, or you can throw it up on the Bluetooth and go in via the TuneIn app, and you can hear our call from the radio side as well. Um, if you're out west of St. Louis, that 1280 will be the best way. If you're east of St. Louis, throwing it up on the Bluetooth or an aux cord in your car and going on to tune in will work the best as well. All right. If you want to follow all of us on Twitter, you can. I am at amarsh underscore MSHN. We have Tom at thartbeck underscore MSHN and Chuck at Kraus underscore MSHN. And, of course, follow the MSHN on all of our social media accounts, follow the podcast social media account at MU Hockey Network and follow Maryville Hockey on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Maryville Hockey. Once again, enjoy this week, folks. Hockey is on the horizon. Let's go Saints. Let's go Saints. Go Saints.